The Daily Rios for Monday, January 7th, 2013. It's the best of 2012, day 5. Welcome everyone to a new week here at The Daily Rios. This is Peter. I have a bunch of things in the works for the week, including a new Timeline Tuesday for the month of January, taking a look at the anniversaries, the debuts, the important dates, the important comics, all for the month of January, and that'll be on uh, tomorrow's episode. And then, of course, there'll be a new Comics Wednesday episode, plus a look at the new previews, which shipped last week. Yay, previews! But today... We're going to start the week off with the best of 2012, day five. If you haven't heard yet, I'm taking listener suggestions on topics for different categories for my best of 2012 list. So far, we've had best new to me comic that I still haven't read. Um, Then there was best Twitter meltdown, and then best surprise comic, and best guilty pleasure. If you want to participate, all you have to do is send me an email at peter at thedailyrios.com and I'm taking everyone's suggestions in order and picking out the ones that strike my mood for that day. They can be silly, they can be offbeat, they can be normal, whatever. Some of the more unusual suggestions I'm holding off on so I can properly research or think about my responses, um, which allows me to go through a few categories that I already know the answers to right away. For example today's episode, this one coming from Chris Snell, and it's the best B-list character-centered comic series. For this, I'm going to go ahead and assume that Chris is talking mainstream comics here, uh, because that kind of hierarchy, A-list, B-list, C-list, is prevalent when talking about established publisher universes uh, within their characters and the ranking of their characters, either because that's how they fall in terms of sales or in terms of longevity or popularity um, or however the readers perceive it to be. You could also do that same listing, A-list, B-list, C-list, in terms of publishers, I suppose. For example, from the talk that I've seen here and there, I could smack the whole Valiant line under this category, the new revamped Valiant universe. In the grand scheme of where Valiant falls against other publishers, most likely it's might most likely it might be far lower on the scale than just B, but it's doing its best to compete, and that's admirable. um, Even though I have yet to read even one issue of the line, not to say that it's bad, I just haven't read it. So to go back to Chris's topic, topic, uh, best B-list character series. Uh, And he does have that in quotes. quotes. He has B-list character in quotes. So I could also look at it as any character, not an A-list. It could be B, it could be C, whatever. Um, Because some characters tend to bounce around on that scale a bit. I probably could throw Animal Man right there. But I'm not caught up of all the books that came out in 2012 for that series, so I can't list it. And you could most likely insert Daredevil by Mark Wade here. But I'm not reading that. And at this point, to go back to what I was saying about the scale, is Daredevil even a B-list character anymore? If you factor in a wide variety of different parameters, I think there's a good argument to be made that he is more of a C-list character these days. Uh, not because the book is bad. I don't, it has nothing to do with the quality of the book, but just other things. But you know, I don't really want to get into that discussion. So, I'm giving my nod to Hawkeye, the Matt Fraction David Aja, Matt Hollingsworth, Chris Eliopoulos, and also uh, Javier Polito series 
coming out from Marvel for the past six months or so. so there were six issues in 2012. And this features Hawkeye, Clint, Clint Barton, uh, Kate Bishop, uh, Lucky the Dog. Um, it's everyman superheroics. It's a comedy, it's action, it's comedy action. It plays within the Marvel Universe really well. In the way that I wish Matt Fraction wrote all of his Marvel comics. It's, um, the tone of it, because there's really just sort of fast dialogue, and it deals with pop culture, and it's, it's sort of pop comedy action comics. The tone of it has a, a tiny hint of Kevin Smith on Green Arrow with uh, Ollie Queen and uh, when they introduced Maya, especially. And it's hard not to make that reference and that comparison when both archers, both of the main characters, have a sidekick, for lack of a better word. Um, because Kate Bishop is not really a sidekick. Kate, she's definitely her own character. But then again, so was Maya in those early days. Um, in terms of art, I don't know why it popped in my brain... It just did, but the artwork by David Aja, which is beautiful, and Matt Fraction and David Aja and Ed Brubaker, when they did the Iron Fist series, that was amazing. It was such a great series. So the artwork on this even kind of reminded me of the title Green Arrow, Black Canary, when Judd Winnick was writing it, and Cliff Chang was doing the artwork for the first six issues. And that's right, I said that. Cliff Chang drew Green Arrow. But that's, for me, where all the comparison stops. I'm not trying to make it Archer against Archer. Just just thoughts that kind of popped in my brain. And for Hawkeye, it's not even a new tone for a superhero book. But I appreciate the craft of it against all the other Marvel books going on at the moment. And if I was reading Daredevil, I could probably make the same comparison. Um, not only between the whole Marvel line, but between the two titles themselves. They're both very stylish, they both have strong voices, they both have interesting tones. Um, the mixture of words and pictures is very important, and you can see the craft. These aren't just assembly line comics. Somebody writes it and they hand it off. Somebody draws it, they hand it off. Somebody inks it, etc. You can really see the collaboration, and I really, really appreciate that. And it is, uh, for me, one of the best books Marvel's putting out and definitely one of the best uh, B-list character books that is being put out. It's smart, it's stylish, as I said, it doesn't want to be comfortable. It's not quite the tone of, say, something like Casanova, which Matt Fraction wrote, and, and that's the book that I really sort of fell in like with him, but it's not trying to be that either. It's a bit of departure from superheroics. It's a bit of departure for Clint Barton himself, um, I'm used to him really being a superhero, wearing the Hawkeye identity, wearing whatever identity, Goliath or whatever, uh, Ronin. But um, here he's really just a normal guy with abilities, and it works for the stories that these creators are trying to tell, uh, and it's not necessarily trying to fit into the larger Marvel theme, even though it's playing within the Marvel Universe, and it's also not trying to play in the Marvel movie universe, which I really enjoy. It's certainly probably benefiting from Hawkeye's exposure, which is why I'm considering him a B-list character here. Um, the first three issues were done in one stories. I almost hate to call it a slice-of-life superheroic comic, but that's kind of what it is, especially when there's part of an issue where all he's trying to do is fix his DVR, you know? Um, plus... You throw in all of that color purple, and how can I not like it? I didn't go into much details uh, with the actual individual stories and what was going on, mostly because I think the experience is kind of important with this issue. The continuity, 
how it fits into the larger Marvel Universe with what's going on. That, I don't think that's really important for this book. But what the book is doing and how it's doing it and the execution of it all, I think that's more of what the creative team wants readers to enjoy. So go enjoy it or not. There you go, Chris. There you go, listeners. That is my best of 2012 B-list comic series. Again, if you want to participate, all you have to do is email me and give me a topic, and I'll talk about it. All right, I will talk to you tomorrow.